and three, two, one, clap. Sick. Oh, shout out to James's mom. Straight up. She's already That's had right. two killer references so far before we hit recording. I don't know how many of those are going to make the light of day, but they're quality. Um, yeah. I was visiting my mom this weekend, which was hmm. nice. I haven't been down to her place in a while, COVID and all. Yeah. Anyway, before I left, one of my coworkers were like, hey, say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Is your coworker like a mobster, you know? Just like... <laughs> Why do I feel like they're like like from yeah. all those famous mobster movies? And like, yo, say hi it to is. your mother. For I me. think it is. I think it's um, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that mostly, I think that because of the SNL skit, where the whole skit is Mark Wahlberg talks to animals, okay. and he's like, "Hey, so you're a goat? What's that all about, goat?" Oh, say hi to your mother for me. Dude. And that's that's the whole thing. James, did you see this was, okay, I, I'm not, as we've already discussed on this podcast before, hardcore fans may know, I'm not a huge, like, fan of cuteness, like, in general. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really like it. It kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like, it's like when, I think blankets can be too soft. And then they're so soft that I actually don't <laughs> like the touch of them. You know what I mean? It's uncomfortable. They're like, it's wrong. Um, I feel the same way. Um, but there was a very cute clip of, I think it was Roger Federer, but I don't really know because I don't follow tennis, but it was a tennis professional in an interview. And this person in the crowd just goes, hey, like, are you from scotland or something like this and i don't i don't know his backstory either so i'm getting all these details wrong but it doesn't matter go look this clip up it's awesome um but for those who don't want to do that or on a bus right now i'm going to do my best rendition of this clip right now so (laughs) deal with that um but yeah it was just like it's like are you from scotland like yeah it's like do scotland's have a lot of animals like like you know there and he's like yeah i mean i suppose like what about goats do they have goats and he's like you know it's like he's humoring this kid but kind of sitting there and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I do think we have some of those. He's like, are they known for it? And he's like, I don't think they're known for it. And he goes, goes if you're not known for it and your country that you're from is not known for it, why do people call you the goat? <laughs> <laughs> and that fucking killed me because that's funny. And he's just, <laughs> and so anyways, that's what I think of when you're, when you were just saying that, like every time the goat's goats are mentioned at all i just feel like the phrase the goat comes out and i i just think yeah it's hilarious so yeah mm-hmm. uh roger fetter is not from scotland i'm pretty sure but yeah cool. believe that what about another one i don't yeah listen look up the clip man it's it's a way better delivery it turns out that the kid does a way more believable kid than i did and they and roger fetter or whatever does a way be- more believable roger fetter but again was like, it an honest question or was it like trying to dunk on roger federer i think it was an honest question but it might have been like put okay. up you know his parent might have put him up to it you know what i mean like say that yeah, that's yeah, hilarious yeah. reference that he people like maybe he asked his parents that once and uh and they were like say this to roger federer directly when we have the chance yeah pretty much yeah and it was it was definitely cute so okay so things to get off the bat right away before we even get into this one in any serious detail is that earlier today, 
I was, and maybe we might get into my my tech journeys later as we're sort of shooting the shit and um, expectations for this episode are very clearly, uh, we're just going to hang out and talk about what we went up to the last week. Uh, it's always out of town, so, or I guess out of podcast land. I don't actually know where she is and it doesn't really matter. And I, if I did know, it'd be a good thing for me not to say. Um, so great. It's perfect. It's better that I don't. But anyways. She's at 404 uh, something Av. Sorry, I, I couldn't think on my feet fast enough to just give out a random address. address <laughs> but I probably shouldn't have anyway. <laughs> Can you imagine just one listener shows up to this random address like, oh, it was a joke. Fuck. Like <laughs> 404 not found Av. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but things to get out of the way first is that earlier today I was overclocking my computer and uh, I stopped in the middle for this recording. And so if I just cut out <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's stable, you know what I'm saying? But if it's not, um, that's unfortunate. I don't think I pushed it to the end, but, you know, eh. so, 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 you know, just know if I leave instantly uh, that that's what happened, that apparently I pushed my CPU too far. But, uh, okay. Um, yeah, but, but as, as, as hinted at, we didn't pick a game this week. We just chilled. We just we just lived our lives, and people played games. I would assume we're not, and we'll find that out. Um, and we'll go around and talk to people, and I'm just curious to see what people are up to. It's low key crew, just the three of us. So, yeah, um, I know Raphael, you were playing something right before this recording. So, what is this mm-hmm. game? Uh, I've been playing Kerbal Space Program, which is not a new game. It is, I don't know, like twenty. 13 maybe let me okay. let me see it's been a while it's uh, 2015 yeah it's okay. been it's been years yeah uh and i had played it before uh but i don't know i was just kind of feeling that space vibe and wanted to launch some rockets and see what i could do okay quick question when are you not feeling the space vibe yeah great question i, I mean sometimes the call of space is just stronger you know like mm. Fair, fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like sometimes his when he's like trying to click on Valorant, he just accidentally clicks on a space game. And like that <laughs> happens as a result of the gravitational pull of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's basically how it works. Mm-hmm. Spacically. Spacically? Oh, this is just some <laughs> real yeah. trash, you guys. I don't even fucking know. Listen, I fucking okay, I've seen Kerbal Space Program before. <laughs> out of here motherfucker um but yeah like i don't know uh it's one of those games that like i think it similar to minecraft i actually i lump it in a category that it's like a strange category to put it all in but it's like games that you could give to a kid and still have some assemblance that they might be learning and growing at the same time as playing a video game do what i'm saying yes although i mean i think kids in general are probably going to have a really tough time with Kerbal Space Program. Like, they can crash things. Yes. They can definitely put things together and crash them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, I mean, so part of, like, circling back to it, I was like, well, I wonder, like, what's all the stuff they've added and, like, have they, like, smoothed out the experience? And uh, one of the things that I'd wanted to play is they, like, added a career mode where you're, like, managing reputation and getting like science that you spend to unlock things uh, and then money uh, to build your rockets. And I was like, one of the things that kind of uh, 
dropped me off of playing it before was its lack of structure. Uh, so it was like, I set a few goals for myself and then like I had trouble achieving them. Uh, I got some of them, then I got stuck on some, uh, and just kind of like, I don't know, fell off the train, I guess, as a result. So I was curious about like the career mode and whether it, uh, smoothed that out. Uh, unfortunately I was a little bit disappointed in this. Um, I think it, it still has a really tough learning curve. Even having played it before, I was like, okay, I gotta like look up all these orbital mechanics again. Mm -hmm. Uh, that being said, the career mode did do some things to help. Uh, there was a point where I was like, wait, I basically just made GPS as a result of these like randomly generated missions that it's been giving me. Hmm. And so that was a, that was that's, a cool moment. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like part of that game is looking up orbital shit. Is it not? I, mean, I don't really know. That's just from the outside, but it feels like, yeah. is that not the joy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think in some ways it could do a bit better on discoverability. Uh, so like one of the things that caught me when I was trying to get back into it is like I was trying to land back on the the Earth planet Kerbin. Um, and every time like my ship just burnt up and I was like, well, what am I even doing wrong? Uh, and it turns out you just remove some stuff from your ship so it is smaller and that makes it drag more effectively and slow down enough and i was like okay that's kind of counterintuitive uh so like that's a thing where like they could really have injected a tutorial moment like oh i see your ship burnt up have you tried like taking more pieces so, off of it before re-entering does that it like reduces friction therefore reducing heat yeah uh, well, so I guess the the problem I had is I it wasn't able to slow down enough by dragging on the atmosphere mm. before. Like, oh. I couldn't slow down enough for the parachutes to be able to activate because they would have been destroyed immediately. Wow. This is That's so, so cool that they have that all simulated. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. super impressive to me. And, and so, like, one of the things that has been really cool is they've added a lot of new, like, simulation things. So, like, I didn't even realize I was opting into this when I started the career mode, but apparently there's, like, a whole, like, signal strength system. Uh, and so that's how I ended up building the GPS. It's, like, actually, like, a, a set of relay satellites to have signal strength out to the moon. Oh. <laughs> Dude, cool. sorry, we were talking about this the other day. I'm, I'm thinking of it now, but... How mad are you that the phrase to the moon has been taken away from space? That phrase being around for a long time. In fact, we've even played games called to the moon here. But now to the moon is just exclusively what those guys are doing on Reddit with fucking stocks. And um, do you feel like you really lost something as a space connoisseur? Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't know that I've really felt the impact of that to the moon. Like, it's not really a phrase people use a lot anyway. So you can kind of summon the right meaning from context. Mm -hmm. But can you escape? Hmm. You know, I, I, really, tweets I guess I like don't really conflate the two at all. Okay. Is the fact that it became popular 
frustrating to you and you no longer use things when they become popular? Mm. The phrase to the moon? Just in general. Such as the phrase to the No, 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 no. I'm just I'm just being a shitter. James is actually asking <clears throat> a high-level question of how hipster are you at your core? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I definitely have, have non-zero amounts of that. Me too. Sure. Mm, mm. But generally I try to notice that and be like, is that my entire reason for this? And if so, should I try to actually counter that? Uh, so mm. like yeah. that was kind of what got me like actually into Minecraft eventually. Because I, I was resisting it on basically that basis. And I was like, I saw someone playing it, a particular version of it. And I was like, oh, that actually looks pretty fun. Maybe I should just try it. Dude, I feel the Turns same way out... about Fortnite. Yeah. Like, you know what mm. I'm saying? Because, like, I'm too old for that shit, as they say. And I I don't know. I don't need to be. Again, like, I did actually meet a, a really good high school friend of mine in the ER one time. That was a nice visit. Like, hey, man, you're in the ER, too? Sick. Um, And he was just like, yeah, man. Anyways, have you tried Fortnite? I was like, I have not. And he told me about it, and it's not fun. Um. <laughs> But, like, you know, I sit there and I have to do that thing that everybody has to do when they, like, are an, ex quote, experienced multiplayer gamer and they talk about Fortnite. Where it's, like, especially if you're, like, in a, in a random game with, like, other people that you don't know intimately. It's always just, like, someone mentions Fortnite and everyone has to just exclusively be, like, I got nothing against Fortnite. And then it's, like, secretly they all have everything against Fortnite. But it's all <laughs> kind of what you're talking about where it's, like... Is it just the hipster in me that's against Fortnite? Do I even know enough about it to even have a real opinion? Not really. You know what I'm saying? So then you do the political approach. I have nothing against Fortnite. I'm, in fact, very happy that it brought all of these young gamers into the games that I actually play. Now, if you could actually call when you see enemies or rotate at all instead of just attacking them and dying, uh, that'd be good. But yeah, like... So anyways, I don't know. There's definitely a hipster component to that too where you just sit there and you're like, is the hipster part of me the only th reason why I've never tried this game? Probably. I think I'm okay with that. But probably. So Fortnite is actually a great transition into g the game that I've mostly been playing this week. Oh, shit. <clears throat> which is Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. And you would think that that's a complete non sequitur, except that they recently announced a collector's set of cards with special Fortnite art which is kind of like skins but in real life where they they print the same rules text on cards but they change the name of the card and change the art so that it's Fortnite related um yeah and uh, most of the Magic the Gathering community online is um, very angry. Yeah. Um, and uh, my comment to those people was, wow, it seems like a lot of children like playing this children's card game. I know. And Based he's... on the emotional <laughs> ability to accept things, uh, accept decisions of multinational corporations. And then I got downvoted uh, to the moon. Yeah, exactly. To actually. The, to the whatever. <laughs> to the core of the planet. James, I have a question for you because, yeah. like, my rough 
rough model for this in my head. It's like an it's like an equation that I'm not entirely privy to. It's just been like etched over time with my experience. But part of it is that like when you see advertisements for companies that are that were at one point the most dominant company in the space, like it confuses me. Like if you imagine back in the day, like seeing advertisements for Facebook, like, but back in the day when there was no com competition to Facebook, like what was the point of advertising? You already had everyone. And now in the modern day, mm -hmm. when you see advertisements for Facebook, it's obvious. It's like, you know, like when they're doing some like Olympic advertisement with like some skateboarder and they're trying to like be like, look how cool Facebook is, bro. Like, you know, like that's how you know that they're in trouble, like in a really serious way. And that the only time they're getting news headlines is when people are talking about the crazy people that reside on Facebook, basically, and extended family yeah. or whatever. But like when you say to me, Magic the Gathering pairs with Fortnite, does that mean that two companies are holding hands as they walk into the their demise together? Like, doesn't that just both feel like neither if either one was at the top of the world, would they make that partnership? I would Fortnite make a magic partnership if it was just strongly far and away the best, like most popular, like universal game. And would magic do the same? You know what I'm saying? So it feels like, uh, boy, I could use some of your audience. It's, you could yeah. use some of my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It does feel like a weird cross pollinization. Like who's, who's helping who here? Mm -hmm. Like what's, what's going on? Yeah. Who's getting paid? And I think the answer is everyone's getting paid because it's like five pieces of cardboard for a hundred dollars. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, so I think there's probably enough money there for both companies. But um, yeah, it's it's a really odd choice, and it kind of feels like so Hasbro owns. Wizards of the Coast, wow. which creates Magic the Gathering. Okay. And there's a very strong likelihood that some executive at Hasbro was like, Magic the Gathering is a game that is enjoyed by people that like gaming. What do gamers like? Uh, yeah. yeah. Probably oh, Fortnite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> What's sad is that uh, this is such an embarrassing line of thinking to anyone with any sort of like detail in the area. And yet the believability of what you are saying, I can feel the boardroom presence of this meaning, like, and of this idea. I can just feel it. It's real. I, it's the right. Yeah. There. And you know that it got brought up at the Wizards of the Coast, like budget meeting for the year. Yeah. And like. <laughs> This is a, an, an executive at Hasbro. Yeah. And so in order to get their budget accepted for the year, they had to be like, yeah, that seems like a great idea. <laughs> Dude, and then afterwards they're just like, Hasbro, more like has been. What kind of fucking idea is that? And then they have to literally pivot their entire art team to make Fortnite pictures for the next six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, actually, that's a question. It's a little um, bit of a tangent, but is yeah. the art dope like all the other magic art? Uh, I have no idea. It hasn't been announced yet. Oh, I see. So it's just this is just uh, like the, what, hey. I mean, it no, it hasn't been revealed. That's so right. it was announced as part of the one of the sets in 2020. Is this? It's called a secret lair. Um, 
and there's been a bunch of those. One of them was Godzilla um, two years ago. So they just, they reskinned a bunch of monsters as various monsters from Godzilla. Okay. And uh, it was widely received as a success, I believe. Except for the, um, I think it's called Super Godzilla Death Corona. <laughs> that came out about a month into the corona pandemic, and they had to hard pivot. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. I can I can see that. Oh, the coincidence. Was it a coincidence? Like, they're not referring to corona. Oh, it was a complete co- yeah, okay. coincidence. Yeah, these things are decided years in advance. <laughs> that's Space ridiculous. Godzilla death corona. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what I hope that we create after this. It's one of those, like, you know, weapons of mass destruction situation or, like, you know what I mean? Like, nuclear weapons. Which, like, I wish we didn't create it. But now that we have the coronavirus here, um, I think we should make a space-borne weapon out of it just in case. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, don't, like, don't you think, like, if we're going to go through all this <laughs> Like, in the world, two years well into have... that. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. What's hilarious is that that's fucking funny. Like uh, the other thing that's fucking funny about the coronavirus is that I love that it's like the only force that we have in the modern day that can actually hurt big companies. Like it hurt Corona, at least temporarily. <laughs> and then it also hurt Delta yep. because of the Delta variant. I'm like, dude, name some more fucking like strains after companies. Please, God. Let's fight them with fucking coronavirus variant names. This shit is the only lever we have. Uh, just saying. and the Facebook variant is running rampant. <laughs> please, please, we need a weapon. Um, yeah, yeah, I love this idea. And the Lay's potato chips variant. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it it uh, it's unhealthy. To say the least, the latest potato chip on there. <laughs> yeah, I think we could also, like, geez, what else? We could use, like, an EA one. I mean, come on, you could be in gaming, too, mm-hmm. but I just, I did anything. Mm-hmm. All, 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 you know, I just, I love it. Let's take them down, you guys. Yeah, I um, love it. Yeah. But, okay, so I love, I love that, man. This is such a cool concept <laughs> because, James, that is so fucking strange. What a strange fucking partnership, man. Isn't that strange? It's yeah. So weird. Um, and, uh, other Magic the Gathering news, um, they just released a new set a few weeks ago, Hmm. um, that's called Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Innistrad is just some fantasy naming bullshit. Um, it's the place with, uh, werewolves and vampires. And so it's a werewolves and vampires set, James. and it's really fun. Okay. Yeah. I was just I was just wondering like did they miss the or is it like like a the iron's no longer hot like was this like a thing that they took from the Twilight era and that they just like showed oh yeah it the then, first or? the first time they used Innistrad uh, was like ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, um. And then they're coming back now. Okay. It's like fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like poetry, it rhymes. Now that now that um the Twilight movies are on Netflix again, hmm. 
um, they thought we better get back to Innistrad. Yeah. You know what else gamers like? If I'm just going to like take a high level executive at- approach to it, I think they like the office. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, let's get an office tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad, I, I, I think that would be very well received. Um, there's, uh, there's a, uh, a creature type of, um, like bureaucrat. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's advisor. Sorry. Gotcha. There's a card, a card called peti- persistent, pe- wow, I can't speak, persistent petitioners, which is a human advisor. Wow. Um, and it's just a super annoying card that um, makes the enemy player put the top card of their library into their graveyard. Oof. Um, but then you can tap four untapped advisors you control, and they put 12 cards into their graveyard. doesn't really matter, but I feel like that's the kind of thing that would be good for that set, like bureaucrats and advisors. It's just, it's just a, mill. a It's a mill meta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's a paper mill. Oh, my God. I mean, it's not, but oh they're God. a paper company. Yeah, isn't that a, isn't that a good tie-in? James, Flavor you've already done right better there? than I think they actually could if they did this partnership. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you know what's so ridiculous? It's like thinking about if you want to think about like high because like everyone's just realizing like, look, if you just if you just partner with someone else, you get to just everyone just gets to print money and then like Yeah. I don't know, buy cocaine or something. I'm not sure what the executives do afterwards. But like, you know what I mean? It just feels like you can just go crazy with all the money that you're printing. But like, but think about this, right? Like you can't partner with someone that's big enough that's also close enough to you. Like I don't think you could do a Harry Potter partnership because I think Harry Potter would come back to you and say, we actually already have a card game. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then they'd just be like, get the fuck out of here. We already have one. And you'd be like, oh, my bad. So right. you got to go for like Fortnite doesn't have a card game yet. So it's like they're big, but they're far enough away from your zone that they probably don't already have their own magic clone. Like, they don't already have, like, a Hearthstone equivalent, you know? Right. I thought you were going to say Battle Royale, James. I thought, I don't know how you do it in Magic, but I thought you were going to say, like, they're going for a Battle Royale. I mean, they probably are. Uh, They are making a Diablo clone, except it's shitty. Okay. Um, Like, that's the main thing that's dis... that's different about it is that it's bad. Okay. Um, people played the uh, the beta earlier this year, and they were like, "Wow, that's not a good video game." <laughs> <laughs> Such an unfortunate <clears throat> takeaway. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Yeah. I just posted a link to the card Alexander Clamilton. Okay. Which is Yikes. a legendary clamfolk advisor rebel. Oh, this um, is the most ridiculous card art you have fucking ever seen. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Why does he have a fucking water from... gun? Why? Yeah, yeah. It's it's from what's called a white-bordered set. 
which is not legal in professional play, but fun. Fair. Um, yeah. This card uh, is but fucking yeah, hilarious, so... James. Thank you for showing me this. What the <laughs> fuck? People out there, if you can, like, okay, if you're driving, don't risk it, okay? Wait till you get home. But this shit is funny. There is no doubt about that. Like, this is, this has a, a sense of humor and a character to it that I feel like you got to respect. And it almost makes me want to think they can pull off a Fortnite set, but I don't think they can. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It also forcibly duels your opponent's creatures and loses. <laughs> um, just as Alexander Hamilton dueled and and died in real life. <laughs> Dude, this is awesome. That's a flavor win right there. That is holy shit. Holy shit. See, like, that shit's fucking funny, man. I feel like, James, like... Yeah. What I actually... Okay, this is the conversation where I want to... I want to take this here a little bit for a while, and we'll see how, you know, much people want to play with this idea, but when I think of, of you in particular, and when I think of this card, I think of a style of gaming that I think is maybe, like, nearly dead or, like, dying, which is, like... There was for a while a battle between, like playing a game optimally from a success standpoint, like optimizing for winning. And then there was optimizing for other things like fun. If we played Magic at my house, I could see you bringing this card to the table and losing in glorious fashion and literally having the time of your life and fucking slaying me. And the two of us are just laughing our fucking ass off. And at the end of the day, you optimize for some ridiculous bullshit, right? Yes. Don't you think that style is like kind of at its last legs? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it's only really, I mean, like magic is one of the few games where you're able to do that. Um, because it's so broad and has gone on for so long. And because it's not run on servers. Yeah. fundamentally i mean it is when you play it in per in whatever but online i'm but yeah i don't know i'm i'm hesitant to say that it's on its last legs i don't think that's an accurate characterization i think like maybe there's been a bit more separation between games that allow for one or the other uh but there's definitely games that are very much centered around really just like having whatever fun you want to have with it right sure like yeah i mean the, the only one that's coming to mind right now is like animal crossing is one where it's like really there's not like technically yes you can like optimize oh, you can you play the stock market <laughs> in the game but like really it's more just about like building the things you want to build having a nice island, talking to the villagers and stuff. I think of, like, Human Fall Flat and stuff in that category, too. Yeah. But, like, I think of, like, D&D as the most interesting hybrid game of all time in this respect, because I could see James exclusively playing D&D &D characters that are not combat optimal. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you would excel and thrive in that. I don't think... 
I've ever gone into a game of D and D saying I'm going to make the best the the a character which is the most efficient at dealing damage. Like that's not even on the table to me. Yeah. Uh, there's also been a, a long lineage of troll builds in Path of Exile, which I think are pretty in line with this. They're like, what if I think Path I of just Exile moved as fast as oh, possible, sorry. or what if my entire build revolved around on death effects from killing worms that spawn from when I drink this flask? Okay. <laughs> That that's amazing. That's called Worm Blaster. There were many generations of this build. I think it might be dead right now, uh, but you should check. I don't know online to see. Worm Blaster on its last legs, bro. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. That like, I, I, I think that that's yeah. Go ahead. I think I think that Path of Exile is a really good example of a of a game with enough depth to it and like i feel like one of the important things about what i felt like mccoy was getting at and maybe he wasn't but what i was taking from it mm. is that like like playing it optimal playing a game optimally is about kind of tinkering and making these very precise like machines that do very one thing very specifically um and effectively but you can instead go into weird janky directions with the same with it like and take joy in doing dumb shit yeah in this very optimizable mm -hmm world and i think that you're absolutely right like there are other things um and i think that i think that saying that it's on its last legs might be a little bit uh like uh too far but i don't think that there are a lot of games outside of the the two that we've kind of mentioned <laughs> that have uh, rim world really enough yeah that's true that's a good point um there are there are definitely game plenty of games with this much depth um but there they're not a ton of them and i think that a lot of games are focusing on optimization and uh competition on in a certain plane more than the depth that allows for jank as well mm -hmm. um but i think that also like like starcraft you can also do this shit right yeah i guess cannon rushes <clears throat> are their whole area yeah or like mono battles and shit like yeah that's right. I'm going to try and just win with void rays, you know? <laughs> seems, seems doable. It's... <laughs> um, and, uh, but, 
there there aren't a ton of games that are kind of trying to be that. It's like broad sandbox. Like like how do you feel? Um, let me try to see if I can put some some detail to it. But I agree with all with all of what you're saying, and I also agree with what your your interpretation of my <laughs> barely coherent words and thoughts. But it's just like it's uh. It's like when you – it feels like it's really a tabletop realm situation. Like it's where it's been pushed or maybe it's just where it's best. But like if people come over to my house to play – okay, like some games maybe like Dominion or something. We take really seriously because we love it. Um, but a lot of times even with that, my goal really isn't to win but rather to facilitate a fun experience. And winning is something that happens at the end, but it's almost like not emphasized. Like I think of, I don't know, like I think of some of the, the yeah, like the card game or like tabletop experiences that I've had in person where it's like, because of the nature of like who's there and what the goal is, the goal is just to like have ridiculous fun. Like almost like, I don't know if it's quite Mario Party stuff, but it's, it's, it's different than that even still. Um, but I feel like now there's just so much emphasis on the outcome that like it changes what like like the outcome is the goal. Like, I, you know, you could try to win with a troll build or something, but like I don't even think in D&D necessarily when James, when you're creating this ridiculous character, like I don't even know if you're trying to win, quote unquote. I mean, I'm trying to lose, but but like winning to you is like having a fun time. And if you die along the way and that's the way a character goes, that's the way the character goes. And that's okay. Like that's that's actually yeah. not a losing state. That was a great experience from start to finish of that experience. That's maybe even a success. And so it's just interesting. I, I feel like people have really and I and I say this and I'm not sure if it's people in general, or you know, maybe I have a particularly slanted view on this because like I play a lot of competitive games, but like I just think like the competition and trying to win and trying to do things the best way, it feels like it's um almost the opposite side of creativity really and like I, I bring all this up because of the sort of hipster nature where i used to think like when we were all bad at league of legends like people would have like hipster picks and stuff that they liked that were just it wasn't about optimal or winning they just liked some weird ass shit and i feel like at some point along the way with these video games we all play they figured out a way to like if you want to express your hipsterness and your uniqueness and your individuality buy the weird skin you know don't play different because that would be throwing and you might even get banned for that. But you could buy a weird skin with a lollipop sword or something. You know what I mean? Like it feels like that's where people's creativity has gone in games is like into cosmetic items and not as much a lot of else, at least at least on the competitive stage. But I just feel like especially in the video game kind of genre, it feels like we're just I don't know. Maybe people just get addicted to optimizing things or, or get addicted to being good at them or trying to pursue doing them better. But I, I feel like it's counter to that expressing that weird uniqueness and creativity that I think was also something that I, I feel like I valued a lot at different points points in my in my gaming history. Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Does that does that add any detail to that? Yeah. I think that I think that there there is some of that there. But it's not where you're looking for it. Yeah. I mean if that makes sense. I think the the amount of each has probably shifted. But 
I, I think it's probably more about what you are playing. Or or at least partly. Like I think that I think that I think that there's definitely something true to what you're saying. And in the effort of in in the pursuit of balance, weird jank and like fun picks uh, have been eliminated. But that's because a lot of the the games that you play are like high intensity competitive games. And that's really fun. Like a lot of the games that I play are that too. Hmm. Um, like for example, magic, the gathering, like, <laughs> hmm. um, when you play it online, uh, you're not looking across the table at another human being. And so I tend to just play like meta decks if I'm playing on the ladder because it's not so much fun to try some jank and lose 30 times in a row to a meta deck. Yeah. It's a lot more fun to just play a meta deck and win, you know, 40 percent of the time or whatever because i'm bad <laughs> unlucky bro <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. uh and i feel like that's the that's the experience that it's being built for whereas like when i play with my friends on kitchen table magic as it were i'd rather do something else than just spend my whole time trying to win. Although I will certainly play any deck that's given to me to the best of my ability. Um, I like to explore and have fun and try new things. Yeah. No, I, I totally... Yeah. It, it, I wonder if it really is an online thing. Like, I feel like an online thing is. is a large component of it. Because again... I mean, like, Winning doesn't was... matter when you're over here playing cards. It doesn't really matter. In fact, James, if you came over here and you beat me 15 out of 15 games that we played, you're not getting invited back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you could just watch a movie next time or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> so there's like that element of like, of that. And like, I, I, um, I don't know. I think about that stuff a lot because I, I don't know. I value, I value that. And I also value the experience of like, of, I value like having an incredible skill in an area, but then not like just using it to mercilessly farm my friends, but rather try to like, you know, like go down to their level and have fun and vibe and maybe teach them and like push them and make them better. And, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting how I feel like there's less and less space for that. I feel like not entirely like not like you can't do it, but I feel like the the gaming space itself is kind of moving away from that. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I was gonna say I can think of a lot of like potential contributing factors. So like one of them would just be like the maturity of the game development industry. Mm -hmm. So it's like as they 
focus more on like actually like paying attention to metrics as opposed to just being like you know i kind of want to make a game like let's make something silly yeah um another one would be like what you're talking about with online like i think a lot of the enjoyment of the random jank comes from just like other people's reactions to it as well they're like wait what (laughs) is that a thing like that kind of stuff yeah um and you don't have that so much online uh especially if you're like playing just on your own uh and by on your own i don't necessarily mean single player but like you're not like on a discord call with anyone or anything yeah um yeah yeah i think of that point about people following metrics to be like i do by the way i even work in a metric based field like i like def- i do a lot of <laughs> metric related things in my day-to-day that people pay me for and that's fine but i am like i low-key hate metrics maybe i don't know what's up with me because i just say that because like i think of dude the, the example that i've been thinking of lately is like youtube at some point in time youtube feels to me and i have no evidence of what they're actually doing on the inside but it feels to me like they stopped trying to make the best video consumption platform that they could do for this like community of creators that they had and they started to just optimize metrics as hard as humanly possible and they look like a fucking mobile game like that it's like you can't even pause a video on youtube on your phone without it peaking suggestion thumbnails up at you just in Mm -hmm. its menu while you're pausing and it's like oh i could see how that would lead to more videos being watched but i don't know if it leads to the best ideal youtube experience in my head like i feel the same way about all the like 38 second clickbait videos that get recommended to me and i'm like i could see how I might click on this because I do want to know, you know, this one trick that everyone should know about FPS or whatever. (laughs) Like, I love how I get to have, like, the really specific. I was also uh, overclocking my computer today, so (laughs) I expect to see 38-second overclock videos. Um, And I could see how that would lead to me clicking on that more. However, I don't know if my YouTube experience is better or if it's easier for me to find the channels that actually have real value and like consume that content and like i just look at that and i feel like it's this divergence of like now we're just optimizing for a metric i don't give a fuck what it does to your humanity or even our experience on our own platform and i i feel like that's happening with games too do do you guys get that sense that that's happening with games because i i feel like that's outside of mobile games yeah i think mobile games absolutely sorry go ahead i absolutely i mean i don't think it, it definitely varies a lot by game uh and i think and that kind of reflects a lot of markets as a whole like there are things that are focusing on metrics to varying degrees um and yeah i mean i think mobile games for sure tend to really look like that um i think it's also worth noting at least for the youtube case that they're not optimizing for the best uh platform they're optimizing for ad revenue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do they need to do that? Having the best platform is is important to them as well, but that's honestly a lot harder for them to measure, right? Yeah, but it's not harder for them to measure if they listen to their soul, which I get is hard to measure. 
It's but it's just like uh, I don't know. That seems hard to measure. I do. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, one of the arguments for going by with metrics based approaches is that listening to your soul is inherently biased, right? Mm-hmm. And you'll carry unconscious biases into it that can actually really harm things. Sure. I, I'm not saying that, that like the metrics approach is superior. Like mm-hmm. we can definitely see the harm in it as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and also like the people that, that decide which metrics to optimize for decide that based on, you know, their own biases. Um, Yeah, but I yeah, mean, it's I, easier to have, like, a panel of people that are trying to cancel out each other's biases on uh, determining Oh, absolutely. Metric. Yeah. And, and also, it it's to easier have, to watch uh, the, yeah. like, there's, it's easier to build a trail that you can follow and be like, oh, that's where we screwed up. Let's change something. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Feedback If you're looking everything. at metri- metrices. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just funny to me, because it's like, we can all see the, I think, the harm of following metrics especially when it's um not true that everything that's worth anything in this world is hard to measure but a lot of things that are worth everything in this world are hard to measure including my soul um but also like when you say like think about early days of facebook and think about when they said well, basically, like, we just want you to click on this. Like, we just want you to stay on Facebook longer because that can get us more exposure for ads and that can get us more money. And then there's, like, this this sort of assumption that, well, if we do this, you're probably on Facebook more and you probably enjoy it because you're interacting with our platform more. It's probably good. And, like, I know that that, like, is something that they abandoned quickly when they realized that's not what was happening. But I think that was also there when they chose that metric like well if someone leaves facebook hello quick they're probably bored and this sucks so if we like keep their attention that'd be awesome they'd love it and it's like yes i see where you're going but what's actually hard to measure in that scenario is whether or not they're gaining value from their time on your platform or whether you're just locked in to what it is to be a human fallible mind and so yeah. it's that's hard to measure too, just like my soul. So by not measuring either of those, you get Facebook. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Facebook is now a strain of the coronavirus. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great <laughs> reference. Bring it back. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. Fair. Um, no, yeah. I think... Um, I think that optimizing for fun is something that should happen more in um, competitive games as well as just like everything. I don't know. Yeah. Games. Like if, if Valorant was optimizing for fun, then they would never get rid of escalation. Mm -hmm. Right. As a game mode. Best game. But they're not. So they get rid of escalation. Yeah. Because um, instead they're optimizing for the metrics of how many people click on the play escalation button. Um, yeah. 
actually they're probably looking at how many people buy skins. Who knows what they're looking at? Yeah, like like no. of the people. Okay, of the people that click the play escalation button, how many of them bought skins? <laughs> like, and how many of them came back to the game? I mean, I don't know, but but totally like it's yeah. it's just I think it's actually easy to measure some things and really really truly like potentially even impossible to accurately measure others and because of that reality it's like people default to well i can get feedback if i measure this and it's pretty easy and so then that's that just dictates where we are like i feel like games aren't Mm -hmm. optimizing and haven't been optimizing for fun in a lot of ways for a long time and i feel like almost like you could take like 90% of the backlashes that have happened in gaming over the past 10 years and look at it in a lens of like, the gamers are mad because this wasn't fun. And the companies are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to wait a couple years before we do this again. And like, that's just kind of like the game it feels like. Like, like loot boxes for stuff you get in a multiplayer game like in battlefield or whatever or battlefront i mean to say that like make your character stronger that's not fun or i don't know i mean that's a weird concept because i think some people do really have fun like opening loot boxes and gambling and stuff like that so it's a strange concept but like that's clearly not fun and for me as a person i i can't trace it to exactly where i felt it but there was a point in time where i felt like the games industry stopped being like how do we make the most fun game and how do we push forward, but rather like optimizing towards other things. And I feel like it's left a lot of people, whether they know it or not, like a little empty. Like just like a little more empty than they would have been playing these games being like, God, I feel like this isn't as fun as I remember. And I know there's like nostalgia there too, but like also like, I think there is a real, real shift of like people not just wanting to do fun shit but rather like having to like just copy each other's formula and trying to get to to the money promised land i don't know i i really personally feel this a lot i think and Mm. i worry about it like like yeah yeah go ahead I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that on this podcast we play a lot of indie games and not a whole lot of Triple A games. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Agreed. And even but, in the rare triple A game that I enjoy, there's always like I really wish they had cut out some of this triple A bullshit. Yeah. Just like the why are there five million collectibles and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Why are there a hundred and fifty uh currencies? Boxing cards uh, yep yep good okay yep um god that's not even a triple a game but like man i know <laughs> what a swing and a mix but that yeah. is some triple a game bullshit it is yep they were like all the triple a's put this in so it must be fun right yeah and i think um and no, no. yeah it's not but the scariest part to me though is actually I didn't realize this in such a clear way until I started interfacing with the younger people, with the youth, until I became the old, grizzled, brimstone, 
game player. You know what I mean? Right? And then I was, like, yeah. finding myself playing with, like, people that were, like, literally, like, eight years or less, like, younger than that. Eight years younger than me. And you I were like, say. I'll show you how many tricks I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's just me proceeding to barely kill anyone. And then just get, a, like, yeah. one sick clutch that people remember because, like, holy shit, this guy's still got it. But, like, you know, just, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I mean, though, is that, like, I... I always thought to myself, like, I can see the pattern shifting and I can see these games optimizing less and less for things that I respect, like simplicity and fun and, like, delight. You know what I mean? Like, these sorts of concepts. Like, game design systems, like the monetary systems, they're not easy. They're, like, overly complicated. They're, like, hard to understand. And actually, that's, like, a great advantage for what they're trying to optimize out of them to be, like okay, okay, I'll, I'll spend the $10 on this. And it's like, well, that only gets you a 76% chance of getting what you want. And you're like, what? <laughs> but also, okay, $10 gets you 25,000 points. Exactly. Gems, sorry. Gems, yeah. Points is ridiculous. Points is what you get from the game. That's experience. That's obvious. Sorry, 18, 1,800 gems. $10 is 1,800, not 25. That's insane. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. $10 is... Yeah. 1,025 no 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 1,150 gems the 150 is like the bonus right, you right, get right, for right, paying right. in $10 as opposed to 5 right yeah and yeah, then yeah. yeah it's just it's just like they're not that's in order to obscure it so that you're not feeling first of all yeah so that you put in more money that you need yeah and then you leave that like 85 cents on the table Second of all, it's to obscure it from feeling like you're actually spending money on stuff. Yep. So that you feel more comfortable putting in another 20,000 gems to a gun skin yeah. that you're not even going to use because you already have the one that you like more. Okay. But it was so in my store today, weeks, James, and I can only back. buy it now. So. Yeah. All right. Hear me out. Right. This is. But, and, but it's not money. It doesn't cost money. Right. It costs fucking gems. riot points exactly. or whatever. So it, so it's like it's like it's free, right? Well, I also had a thousand um, left over because I bought the thing I previously liked, but I had to spend too much money to buy that. Yeah, and so this one's practically right. Free so you might as well just put in another ten bucks. I mean, it's only it only makes. But sense. James, let's take this to an example that makes this fucking ridiculous. I am at a food truck fair, and I roll up and I like I will take a taco. And then they present to me a gem menu that I can pay for. And I have to sit there and calculate. Well, okay. I know. And you joke, but now I want to do this. And make hella money. Yeah. But how embarrassing is that? Because it's so funny because it's like as technology has gotten better and better and better at taking my money in exactly precise increments, like games have gone the other way. Intentionally, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I can swipe my card for, through Square at a, at a convention somewhere and spend exactly the right amount of money instantaneously to some personal vendor who made a chainmail suit that I promise I'll wear more than twice a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that can. Oh my God. Pax. Pax just needs Pax bucks, which you buy and then you exchange them for things in the hall. And then any ones left over, you can put into the gotcha machine. 
and get random rewards. God damn it. What is this? Isn't this fucking genius? Oh, James, it's... I'm going to present this to PAX. Oh, dude. And they're going to make millions of dollars, and I'm going to make 10. No, they're going to rip you off, and they are going to they are going to cease and desist you. You know what they're going to do? They're going to downvote you mm-hmm. to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure to bury that yeah. comment. But no, it's like, I, I don't want this to be the way that it is. But the thing is, you can still use your credit card at the booth. Yeah. You just get a 15% discount if you use Pax Bucks. Yeah. Right? right? But you can only buy Pax Bucks in $100 increments. Right. It's like gambling chips, man. Yeah. Like from um, from like poker or whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, in, in, in casinos and shit. It's like that abstraction just does so much. But it's just so funny because I'm telling you like, dude, a a single person operation that, that makes beaded necklaces at the fucking fair can can get my money in exact increments faster than fucking Riot can. Like, this is so True. fucking sinister. It's crazy to me. And I just, I don't know. It just sits wronger and wronger with me every day. But he, but here's where I was building to. What's really made me uncomfortable is talking to younger people about this because, to me, I can see the changes in the industry. But Because I've been focusing on it for a long time and I've been very uh, aware of it. So I'm aware of the changes and they feel uncomfortable. And by the way, if you want to figure out where they are, they're measured in my soul. Um, and I follow that. And it has been very clear that I don't like it. Do you follow it on Instagram? Yeah. Follow my soul on Instagram for pictures of things I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome <laughs> Instagram. Just shit I don't like. Just take pictures of it. And just be like, you guys seen this shit? Stupid. That has got to be taken. Some people have got to do that already. <laughs> that is not an original idea. It- oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm aware of it. And the casual gamer base, I say, quote, casual. I don't mean that they're casual, but it's just that, like, one does not be, need to be as into video games as we here are here on this call, right? You can be a gamer and not be as into video games as we are and still love video games a lot. But, like, maybe you don't feel the change in these monetization systems as much or the change in, changes in the way that games are coming out less and less complete or, like, all these other things that people complain about on the forums like you don't have to necessarily like feel that so intensely um you might just not care as much about that and like that's totally reasonable but what really scared me is seeing younger people not having experienced the worlds without these things and so their their reference points super fucked up like they're like well this is just normal all the games i play have these weird currencies that's this is just how video games are and it's like no these aren't how video games are this is like how video games are in the fucking dark ages that we're that we've long since entered into, but they don't see it that way, and they don't know, and so it's like we live in this world. It's it's the same thing with this um this YouTube channel called the Score Esports that just basically makes like clickbait videos where it would appear that they just steal other people's videos and just like repurpose them. Practically, shout out to the Score Esports. Yeah, these guys these guys are not good and i can tell because it's like they remind me of people that are telling me a story from an esport that i follow closely but they didn't actually follow but they're telling me the story they're like do you remember when olaf meister like boosted on that one tournament like here's what happened and i was like i do remember that and then that's like as close as they got is like referencing something that i remember but there's like no details or anything of actual interest there and i look at that and it's like 
I know the actual story. So I look at this and I'm like, this is fucking absolute trash. But then I realize if you take the the younger person's perspective or even the outsider's perspective, they don't know the experience of actually like having followed it at the time. And so to them, this is like just what it is. This is just like the normal baseline. Like this clickbait garbage trash is like, oh, that was an interesting story. Yeah, I did hear a little bit about that. And like that's their baseline. And that has been becoming in, in really clear focus lately. Is that these young kids don't even know that they're being preyed on. Like they, they think they know, people tell them, but they don't know, no. Because you know by having seen what it was before and the slow steps towards being preyed on. And so that has I really mean, scared me at another another level because it's just like it's one thing for them to be doing this and for me to be like, this fucking sucks. I will respond in the way that I feel is appropriate. But it's another to see people that, I mean, you guys, like how many games of Valorant do we play when there's like there is just a poster child young person playing Jet or fucking Reyna and all they want to talk about during the, the strategic portions of the games is who has the Zed skin. And are they willing to drop it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, yeah. it's so true. <clears throat> um, I, I, I totally agree. And like, we as people of this generation also have these things. Probably not in video games so much, but like, yeah. in other stuff that our parents probably look at us and they're like, wow, you don't even know a world without this weird predatory shit. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah. But on the subject of, mm. uh, Valorant and that one fucking Reyna Instalock. Yep. I saw a post on the Reddit recently there was this guy like what's the champion pick that i can take in in uh ranked hmm. where i can decide games the most by myself hmm. and posted a screenshot of six reina or jet games in a row and four of them were losses and two of them were wins and he was MVP every time and had a 2.0 KDA. Yep. Yep. And there was a huge amount of conversation about like which character he should pick. And I was like, what? There, this doesn't exist. Like that's not the way that this game is played. Um, so I, I, I wrote a response that was like, Quote, the sentence where you say, uh, what, what character can I have that'll have the most solo impact on the game or whatever is probably the reason you're now losing <laughs> in Diamond. Yeah. Because uh, this is a team game. So I think the new frontier for you to work on now that you have the individual skill to do this is uh, teamwork. And it doesn't matter which fucking character you choose. And um, I I think I have some downvotes. Okay, I'm upvoting the shit out of that one. I I'm coming I'm coming for you, bro. I'm hitting you with an upvote real quick. 
<laughs> I saw that post and I didn't even click on it because I realized that the person who was talking just fundamentally was so far away from an understanding of this game that that I was too tired to. So I'm glad you had that. Yeah, right. And the energy too. <laughs> but like, dude, that's that person is literally saying, "Yo, I got more kills than deaths, and I didn't win. This game is broken. Something's wrong with the equation." <laughs> yeah. It's like maybe. Maybe there's something wrong with the equation. Oh, I dude. also loved the uh, the post of like I think that Valorant needs more COD game modes. <laughs> okay. And I was like, uh, and they were like, I'm holding out for capture the flag, and I was like, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what about Search and Destroy? That's the one they really need. That's a good game right there. <laughs> Search and Destroy, for context, is the oh Valorant equivalent game mode, but it's just much shorter, and they have kill streaks. So it's like, this is a really important round for us to win. The problem is that there's an AC-130 in the air just when you step outside, <laughs> it just kills you for free. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> if you think I'm joking, it's I am so not bad. joking. I am it's, not that's joking. Literally, that's literally what happens. Yeah, It's just like... Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> I, it's just I, I I so what I will say is that I have tried to curate and find a sort of like underground set of people that know that they want more out of their team game but they usually can't articulate it really well, but you can see it in their soul. You can see Oh, this episode should just be called McCoy's Soul Sees Things. <laughs> like, what the fuck's happening? But anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but like, I, I found a bunch of people that are just sort of like, I don't know, we lost a lot with you, but it was actually like really fun. And they like have a hard time processing those two things together, but it's like working. You can hear the gears cranking and they come back. And <laughs> I think that's what matters. And I just, I don't know. It's um, it's an interesting, interesting, interesting thing, but I I don't think I've ever been so close to it. So close to not being in the exact demographic of this game anymore necessarily, but then also seeing more clearly the younger generation and how they feel about these games. And I guess it's not even about how they feel about these games. It's really what tools they have been given as models to think about the game and think about teamwork and think about these monetization schemes. And they are not given any. They appear to know zero about any of this. You know what I mean? Like, they don't feel like they understand teamwork. They don't feel like they understand team composition in any meaningful way unless it's like, quote, the meta. You know what I mean? They don't understand how a character who's... Like, they don't understand how Sage could play anywhere but mid on split. Sage can play everywhere. Sage is amazing. Like, it's like they've never played a game without an established meta already. Because metas get established so fast. Like, it's like they've never Mm. played, like, League back in the day when it was just like, you could fucking do whatever. They've only played, like, Rokyu League. Do you know what I mean? It's like, this really fundamentally changes your ability to understand what's possible and what's not possible. And I don't know. I Wow, it's been an eye-opening experience. So part of, that's part of what I've been playing this week. It's just seeing people with these really undeveloped 
perspective. I mean, James, like your example is really good. Like that person from the forum that just like doesn't even fundamentally know about teamwork at all and is actually trying to go away from it. It's like, you should consider playing a 1v1 game <laughs> if that's what you yeah. want, bro. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because the saddest one to um, me is that is not the answer to his question, like get some friends and play with them. Like what? Like, is that a controversial statement? Like get good teammates that you like to work together with? Like, is that, no, I mean, that mean, I mean, I think that that's kind of rude to okay. be like, get some friends, idiot. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's wrong. Mm. Um, I mean, I think that fundamentally, like most games that are balanced around teamwork are very difficult to actually balance when you put real people into them because a lot of people that spend a lot of time playing video games don't end up having a lot of friends yeah or any um, concept of teamwork or any concept of teamwork yeah and i think that i mean tons and tons of people do play with friends yeah. but those are the people that are happy playing your game and therefore don't yell about it online yeah like that person um, was not in a fun like, stack that's like how do i have yeah. the most solo impact <laughs> no fucking way. i mean i think that like overwatch for example was way more fun before roll queue mm. um but people like cried a lot online about how unfair it was that they played in games and nobody was ever a healer because they refused to change to a healer. Yeah. Um, and then they implemented role queue and now I don't like the game anymore. Like, yeah. and that's been years. Like I liked the fact that somebody could like put a call in chat for the five stack of some random hero and then we would all jank it out and lose. <laughs> yep. But it was fun as hell. Yeah. 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 Um, and like, maybe that wasn't competitive, but who cares? Like my guess is that 90% of the people that play overwatch don't play in the competitive queue. Hmm. Maybe it's less than that, but like allow people to, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of issues with Overwatch. Uh, some of them have come out recently. Oh yeah, dude. Oh Jesus. <laughs> uh, God, Rafael um, and I were just talking about this the other day, James, because we like we we took a hike together and fucking. Oh yeah. I was like Diablo too. You hear that came out? And Rafael's like, yeah. And I was like, hey, but he sounded kind of hesitant. And I was like have you read the news at all about Blizzard? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was just like, oh God. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, a friend of mine was like, so my brother just picked up Overwatch for the first time and I've been thinking about re-downloading it. Hmm. And I was like, now is the time that they chose to pick up 
Overwatch? <laughs> I know. They're like, they're like, wow, I can't figure it out. Like, but like Blizzard's name's really been in my head lately. In the news. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should check out some of their games. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, so they're changing the name of one of the characters because he was named after a guy who worked at Blizzard for like decades and was a sexual predator and really terrible. Wow. Um, yeah, just for a brief synopsis, if you're not in the, uh, if you're not in the know. Um, yeah, that's the cowboy character. Yeah. Right? Yeah, McCree. Gotcha. We're just gonna go out. Yeah, he has a belt that says BAMF on it. Right. Um, yeah. Remember that. Yeah. Um. So there's that game. You know what um, Riot didn't do with Valorant was name anyone after anything. <laughs> I feel like they learned that one already <laughs> with League. They're like, so we named this like item Morello and or like Morello Nomicon or something. And they're just like, what would happen if PR were to sway against this guy? Let's stick to fantasy names. You know, I feel like they didn't. I like, mean, I feel like I feel like what happens was they named a bunch of stuff after employees at Riot. And then news came out a few years that Riot was a hugely toxic place to work. Yeah. And they made some meaningful changes. And apparently it's a little bit better now. Cool. But they were like, what if we just never named anything after an employee at Riot? Because we've already seen employees at Riot get read the Riot Act, as it were. <laughs> wow, I never thought about that. That is, there's like a humor to that in some way. <laughs> Especially because like their logo is like the like a riot fist, isn't it? You know, like yeah. Wow, never thought about that. We won't be the arbiters or even the best explainers of the Blizzard news, but if you're not familiar with it, it is it's just it's an ongoing saga, and I'm sure there's so many recaps online with people with so much more details than us. But I can just say it's a lot. And if you're even remotely paying yep. attention, it, it does cast quite a shadow, it would seem, over, I would say, they haven't been this in my eyes recently, but but before recently, like before five years ago or before 10 years ago even, one of the, the shining gems of the gaming industry, I think, Blizzard was. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to see. Because, like, for instance, we were having this conversation earlier about, like, old game design versus new game design, and I was really interested to check out Diablo 2. Because I never really played Diablo 2, and I just wanted to see, like, what's different? Old game design, new game design. You know what I mean? Like, if, I want to see, like, If you want to see slash play a game that's a lot like Diablo 2, Path of Exile okay. is... um extremely similar mm -hmm. okay in a whole lot of ways okay but then takes a lot of modern game design and it looks at it and it i i think what they've done actually is take the best bits um and sometimes they took some bad bits and then the community was like no 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 and they went back on it but um, 
Yeah, I think that that's a very well mon managed game. Um, and it's basically just a love letter to Diablo 2. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. In by the way, I played Diablo 2. A friend of mine gave me the CDs for Diablo 2, which, by the way, there were four of. Wow. Oh, yeah, because like the, <laughs> the cinematics were really big, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the cinematics were huge. There were like two cinematic discs. Wow. Or no, maybe there was one cinematic disc. There was one download disc. And then there was one disc for like the first two acts of the game and yeah, then one disc for the second two mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I played through a whole bunch of the game and my entire build depended on like this one super overpowered item that I'd found. That it, it um when you drink the potion the worms come out and they <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly okay, okay cool um and then I took a break for like a month and forgot how all the mechanics worked mm. and then I went back to it and this item broke because that's a mechanic in the game and you have to like go and pay money to repair it but I forgot about that mm. so I just sold it. Because I was like, it's broken. What the fuck? Oh, no. And then I literally could not defeat anything in the area that I was in. Mm. This Like, is that old it literally design, broke like... my entire build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went back into the area that I could actually fight in. And it was like, insert the first disc instead of this one. And I was like, what if instead I played a different game? <laughs> you know, what's funny about that, though, is that that really is some old school game design shit that like that. Yeah, I, I both respect the punishingness of that, but also, you know what I mean? Like that, that clearly has been smoothed over in a quality of life sort of way over time. Because like that reminds me of like playing Knights of the Republic. Uh which was the first game I ever got on Xbox. And they were making it now, which is cool. Um, and also, quick side note on that, people are, I saw a lot of criticism of them being like, you know, we also pitched a remake for KOTOR 1 and 2, and EA didn't want it. Or I don't know who, if it's EA, or like whoever the fuck, LucasArts didn't want it. So Someone like didn't want it. So instead we're remaking the first one. But it's like, what's wrong with that? Like, I don't, I don't think I need a remaster of those games as much as I really think a re-envisioning in like from a remake context of just one of them is like a great fucking place to start. Like, I don't know, like they, they were trying to turn this into like a, they didn't want the remakes or like the remasters. And I'm like, but, but, but a remake sounds so fucking badass. Anyways. Um, but I remember like going into a boss fight and saving right at the beginning of the boss fight, but accidentally misclicking and saving over my main save instead of creating a new save. And then just being like, oh God, I better be able to beat this guy and not being able to beat that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i actually remember what it was it was not my save it was actually my stepsister's save yes okay save all your pre-show, <laughs> pre-show jokes on that one but um yeah can you imagine what possible pre-show jokes we had about a stepsister's situation okay anyways um 
I do not care to speculate. Yeah, do not care to speculate. And do not do research online. Um, <laughs> trust me, do not do research online on that. Google, one. I saved over my stepsister's video game save. <laughs> yeah. So, no, 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 no. Google, my stepsister's stuck. <laughs> no. Because no. that's what was actually happening in this case is that she got stuck because, okay, this is, um, it's now coming more back to me. She saved over this. And I had to come in to try to beat the fight, but it's like a turn-based game and she was just under-leveled and I fucking couldn't do it. It was so hard. I think I eventually did cheese it with like a bunch of items or whatever the fuck, but it was so hard. And so anyways, do not Google my stepsister's stuck. Uh, that will not get At the you. boss fight in KOTOR. In KOTOR. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And she's like, stepsister, stepbrother, help. Exactly. <clears throat> Step bro, yeah. why am I stuck in this boss battle at KOTOR? See, yeah, like I can't get out. <laughs> um, so unreasonable. <laughs> I so unreasonable. So, anyways, do not imagine what jokes we were making at the pre-show because they have nothing to do with what has come to surface and to light now. That's right. Yep. But that's some old school game design shit, right? It's like getting like saving yourself into some nightmare, or like when we were playing Mass Effect, right? And it would like crash and shit. I mean. Like you would just save to, yeah. to 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 mark your progress, in case you uh. In case you you know it cr- you crashed or or even like save scumming was 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 and, I, and this is like a seemingly the official term these days that I find so awful, I hate the term save scumming. I've said this before, but it it comes with a moral judgment attached, which I think is not deserved. I enjoy practice and repetition at something that's very difficult. And if I save right before something that's really difficult and try it a bunch of times, but now I have a lot more information about what's going to happen and I try to make more educated uh, decisions before the battle to give myself an advantage, some people would consider that cheating and I would just consider that to be fun. So that's an old school game design thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like that sort of save, save scumming, save thing. So, so you essentially basically almost saved yourself into a corner somehow. I don't know if there's even saves in Diablo or how that even works, but... But yeah, there are not. It was uh, pretty old school in that, like, if you die, you like leave a a corpse that you have to go then like and recover to get your items back. Whoa. Mm-hmm. If you die along the way, does the corpse just go away? I believe yeah. It it only saves your last corpse. Jesus Christ. Uh, but so that I mean, might have been what happened. You could also work around it when, by leaving the game and joining a new one, and I think it just puts your corpse like in town. Whoa. Mm. Yeah, so it's like an oddly punishing mechanic paired with a trivial workaround. And then James was like, you know what? I think I just want to go play Magic the Gathering X Fortnite. Like, <laughs> like I just think yeah. I, yeah, I don't exactly. want this anymore oh, that's super fair is that what's gonna happen to me when i play old games again is i'm just gonna like sit there and just think to myself i've said all these things on the podcast about how i want old games but now i think i'm just gonna go buy loot boxes and like is that like that was just gonna be for me Fuck. yes unlucky <laughs> unlucky um so one thing that I really want that I wanted to say about Magic the Gathering Midnight Hunt the uh mm. the werewolves set 
is that the werewolves fucking suck, dude. Oh, like how so? Like in limited in in the main game mode that I play where you open just cards from this set and you try and build the best deck you can. Mm-hmm. Um the werewolves are just terrible. Um there's like six specific cards that just shit on werewolves. So they're just not good in the werewolf set. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of fun. But I've been really enjoying the zombies. Hmm. They're pretty fun. Hmm. Um, yeah. McCoy, did you play any games this week? I did. Outside of Valorant, which of course I could just like wax poetical about a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, which I did play, and outside of optimizing my computer, which I've been trying to do, which has been interesting. Um, actually, I am going to... Okay, I'll start with that. I did play a game, and I'll get to that in a second. But I also recently bought a mouse that has a higher polling rate than normal. Like normal polling rates. Polling rate on a mouse being how often it sends the signal of where your mouse is to your computer. And asks you what you're voting, who you're voting for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, yeah, it, my, this mouse is, the, is actually the source of all of the text messages that everyone receive about like whether or not they're voting or like they're political. You know, like all those really, really annoying text messages you get and like those robocalls and stuff. You, you thought yeah. that was because you signed up and you gave like $10, like donated to some convention. But actually, no, it's this new mouse that has such a high polling rate per second, it's actually able to harass the entire country. Um, Incredible. I know, it's really impressive. I, someone told me I should unplug it just for our sanity, but so far, it, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a, you know, it's like a, like, a, like a Lord of the Rings ring situation, right? Like it's, it's power's just drawing me in, you know? I know it's bad, I shouldn't wear it, but, but it's so beautiful. One mouse to pull them all. Exactly, yeah. So, like, traditional mice have somewhere between 500 and 1,000 polling rates, maybe even a little less, but I would say, one like... One key to bind them. <laughs> yeah, one key to click them. Um, yeah, and so it just, it's supposed, it's just like new tech. I just enjoy new tech, so the theory behind it is that it pulls 8,000 times instead of 1,000 times, so that'd be eight times as much. Now, there's diminishing returns for these sorts of things. And there's a particularly interesting side effect of this mouse, which is that Apparently, if you have it at 8,000 polling rate and then you move the mouse at all, it cripples your CPU. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just apparently sending so many signals that it just overrides shit. And like, so you're sitting there in your fucking video game and you're not moving and you're at like, you know, I don't know, 400 FPS or something like that, depending on your video game. Because like, especially in a custom game, it's really easy. Like in the normal game, you don't get that much. But in the custom game, it's like 400. And you move the mouse and it just starts chugging like 130. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? This is so... So, I mean, the reason for this is that like it, probably in many games, they the way they have this set up is like they have this function that gets called whenever the mouse position changes. And now it's changing eight times as often. Mm-hmm. And I guess that logic was not trivial. Yeah. It reminds me of all those yeah. games that were coded back in the day to be like frame rate dependent. You know what I mean? Like once per frame we do these things. And then like if you were to like increase the frame rate, like sh- crazy shit would happen. Like you just like fall through objects or like or like 
like in Among Us when I had the, my 360 hertz monitor and like one puzzle for some random reason would just solve in a second for no reason. <laughs> and everything else was yeah. fine. Yeah. I mean, I I looked at Unity for about an hour and the the thing that I was looking at suggested that you put almost every update in the game state on on the mouse moving. Well, so that's interesting. So this would fuck that shit up, wouldn't it? Or the mouse the mouse is like one of the main things that you update the game based on. So yeah. Yeah, although I mean that that I think would let you do it with like a model view controller type architecture which is yeah. so I guess like in that case when you render the next frame you look at what the state of the model was like the the game state and right. decide based on that. So I don't think updating the mouse that way would be expensive. But it's just it's just new like I don't think anybody's really thought about it in great detail. Yeah. And so I've never seen a new piece There's of new probably technology. some ancient windows piece of code that nobody's looked at in like two decades that just hard <laughs> limits this shit somewhere like that just super honestly yeah like it could be yeah and so I've, I've been trying to debug this and i've been looking that's why I've, i'm not gonna say i've been looking into overclocking my computer so that i could run this mouse but it's it kind of feels <laughs> like that in some ways where i'm just <laughs> so stupid um the sad part is even though it kills my frame rate, I, I do think it's more responsive. <laughs> like, say what you will, but, like, I think you can aim a little better. Now, you're you're balancing that because I've never mm. seen a piece of technology that has uh, what I would feel like is a clear improvement, but then also a giant negative that it, that it dovetails with because you aim worse with lower FPS. Like, it's just a dangerous – you don't want lower FPS. It's just bad. It's less smooth. And especially swings in FPS, you don't want that either. So it's like – bad and so it's a real trade-off it feels like it was designed in like in like D D or something you know what i mean like or like some game that has trade-offs in it like it feels <laughs> like a card game maybe but anyways min maxed yeah yeah do you accept the polling pact yeah so, so i've been lowering it to four thousand, and i've been trying to roll with that i just taking a little like less of an fps hit but still some anyways so that's been fun uh doing that and and uh overclocking my computer which is just like it actually is not that scary it, it's it turns out it's really quite straightforward you basically just learn about it okay step one watch youtube videos about it then watch some clickbait youtube videos then come back to the youtube videos that you're actually watching learn about it some more uh, ideally on a second monitor and then basically you just kind of like tune settings up until things fail and it's not fail like blow up it's just fail like the computer starts restarting on its own and then it sends up a message like no. And you're like, my bad, my bad. And then you pull it back and it's all good. And it is all good. So yeah. Um, outside of that though, I've been playing Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. Uh, ah. Hey, you know about this one? I mean, I know Pathfinder is like Dungeons and Dragons, but um, but not. Mm-hmm. It's like Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 edition. Um, hmm. 
back when D&D made fourth edition and most people were like, whoa, 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 we didn't want this. Yeah, so like fourth um, edition was a great like rethink and simplification of the mechanics. And yeah, and it was prior to that it was designed, and the ones before that had sort of been like, how can we add more like interesting complexity here? And it it maybe got a little bit out of hand, but yeah, you could see yeah. why people would have whiplash there. Um, three point five was a little bit like, how can we simulate the whole world with dice? Yeah, and rules. And fourth edition was like, how can we make this work in a video game in 2009? Yeah. Um, and then they canceled the video game. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turns out Wizards of the Coast is not so good at making video games. Mm -hmm. But I mean, um, 3.5 already did work in video games. Like, it wasn't Baldur's Gate 3.5? I think Baldur's Gate was three. I think it was before three point five. Um, but yeah, I mean, they wanted it to be simpler. They wanted there were there were a few things that they wanted to change. Um, they wanted everybody to have exponentially scaling power. Instead of just the wizards, there were a number of things, hmm. um, and some people didn't like that. I feel like so they made Pathfinder, yeah. and then Pathfinder became a video game. Okay, and then this is the second yeah. Pathfinder video game. That's my understanding, at least from this studio. Yeah, Owlcat, that was apparently kickstarted or something like this. I don't know if the studio was, but at least the original game was, and I think this one was too. And I heard really, really good things about it. And I'd heard that it was really complex and really detailed and really deep, but really like satisfying and really lovely. And uh, I think of some of my friends that really loved 3.5. I think it's 3.5. I mean, fuck me. Do I really know the details? But like Keenan, for example, like he loved like the old school, like really detailed D&D &D stuff. And I think of him a lot when I play this game because I feel like he would really enjoy it because there's like a million classes and like subclasses and you can like multi-class you can just do it's just so detailed and it's like you're picking feats and like what i would describe this game as is like if you think of this like a video game i don't know if you'll actually like it that much like i think uh, like hmm, like like divinity original sin 2 is probably a better video game than this one is and like even XCOM, in a way, is like a better video game than this one is. But you really shouldn't think of it as a video game. If you think of it instead as like, this is a D&D &D session that people tried to develop into a video game and they painstakingly built every possible system they possibly could into the video game. And like, that's their goal. Their goal is to recreate a Pathfinder campaign that they like in this video game then I think you start to like like it more and appreciate it more. Cause like So like if you want to play D D but you have no friends? Yeah. Or like or like you want to play D D but you don't want to roll everything. <laughs> yeah. But you really like the systems and the detail of it. Or you have no friends. Um 
Mm-hmm. Or your friends only meet on Thursday. And so what are you going to do the rest of the nights? Do you want to play some of this shit? Because it's like, you know, like when you're at the D&D table and like someone, the DM has their phone and they're playing like ambient fucking bar music, not bar music, but ambient uh, tavern music. I'm thinking of, you know, like out of their phone. That's like what this game is. Like they have like you're in the tavern and you hear like ambient tavern music, like kind of like they have in Hearthstone, you know, and you're like. Oh, shit. And if you think of it like, wow, this is a really nicely produced, nicely made thing that Elena would put out of her phone. Like, <laughs> you know, it's because like if you look at the animations of the characters, like they're not, this is not cutting edge video game. Like this is not like, wow, there's two games that I really thought captured the essence of humanity. You know, what? like when they move, there's Last of Us 2 and Pathfinder and Wrath of the Righteous. Like it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> do that. Um, but if you think of it as like, these are just, these are um, figurines on a table, but they move a little for fun. You know what I mean? Like then then you're starting to get it. If you think like, oh, they just put the music in there and they like, yeah. And then they, they, they built, they, they tried to not adapt the classes from Pathfinder. And maybe they did a bit of adapting. I don't really know the technical details of it, but it feels like they just, it is up for, to them to one for one print these classes in this game and one for one let you play them and figure out how they work in a video game context and it's cool like in that context it's very complicated you need to be willing to learn a lot of complexity and i would say the first couple of hours it's like you need to manage complexity like you need to sit there and be like i am not going to read every class because if i do that would take me seven hours and so to really understand it all, because I have to watch videos and like all sorts of stuff. So I'm going to pick like what sounds cool. And then I'm going to like bite off bits of complexity here and there and really dive into them and really know them. And then I'm going to get deeper and deeper. So like my second session, I went through all of my party's abilities, every single character's abilities, and they have a ton. And so I went through all of them. But not the first session. I couldn't handle it the first session. It was like too overwhelming. So it's like it's about like that sort of stuff. And so I, I, I'm finding it enjoyable. There's a side benefit too because Elena's listened to so many years of D&D podcasts that she's like, well, I don't know how it works in Pathfinder, but you should probably flank that guy with this character. And I'm like, what do you mean by flank? And she's like, oh, well, if you're just like behind them, you can get an extra add to your attack roll. I don't know. That's just like, that's how it is in 5e or whatever, you know? And I'm like, oh, interesting. So I walk behind this person and then I like hit them and then I like look at the combat log and I can like highlight it and it'll show you like this is all the components that went into your role. Like this is the part from your class that went into your role. This is the part from the feet that went into your role and here's flanking. And you're like, oh shit, there's a plus two flanking bonus. I didn't even realize that. But you can see it there in the combat log if you're willing to like pause everything and just like chill and like read through that stuff and really understand it and see like, why am I missing all the time? Is that because of you know, I'm too close with my bow or like, you know, so there's, they try the really hard to explain the complexity of these systems, but I think it really is about, especially if you're relatively new to these systems, just like really, really be willing to slow down and just try to explore and try to figure it out. And I've, I've been enjoying that process. Um, and I've also been starting to watch some YouTube videos that teach me about it as well. So it's been a cool like intellectual thing to like sink my teeth into. I haven't gone particularly far and 
but but it's kind of what prompted all of this conversation because the first thing I did was make an incredible well there's like a, a class called Zen Archer which I thought was so fucking badass like a Zen Archer that's so sick so it's like a monk ar- uh-huh. archer it doesn't wear armor <laughs> um but the moral mm-hmm. of the story though is the first thing I did is like just give this person a gajillion dexterity because that would be really useful and they do in fact hit a lot and they do in fact do a lot of damage but it was funny because Elena was looking at this like, well, that's not a good character because that character like is not that interesting. Like it can't like it doesn't know anything about the world. Like it can't convince anyone of anything like that character could just hurt people. And I was like, yeah, right. And then I was like, oh, yeah, these games, people play these differently. And I was like, does that apply to my single player campaign? And how did they make it apply? And I was just like, that's like kind of what was starting all those conversations in my head because I was just thinking like. It does feel really fitting to make a very combat focused like Archer character. And I like that. But if I was playing this with a group, I wouldn't pick the points this way. I would have more of a backstory mm. in my head about the character. They'd probably have a attitude or a tone to them and maybe a, a backstory that I'm more playing with. And like, yeah, it was just, it was starting all those conversations around like the beauty of all of that and how all of that leads to less combat prowess, but more enjoyment. But in a game like this, at least for me, I, I don't think I'm capable of overlaying the RP on top of it as much because I can't say the things myself. I can't write the story myself. I have to click the options. And so it just, do they fit with the character that I'm making? And does it make sense? Like, I don't get to, you know, because I was thinking like, do I make this character that is like, because I made this, like, I was picking from portraits and there was this really, really awesome like female archer character. She just looks so badass. And she has this like, like face covering, it's like she's kind of almost ninja like, um, at least on the like the bottom side, like maybe like a scarf or something, but it's over her face, and she just looks like blue hair, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> blue hair, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't, even, don't do not follow this train of thought. Um, okay, but like, <laughs> but but like I was thinking like in my head like oh it'd be really cool if like maybe she wasn't like the best archer like from a distance perspective like she just does max DPS at a range but rather she's like really nimble and goes in between and, and is kind of like a more short bow style archer that's closer and is moving a lot between shots and is kiting people and I still think that would be badass and it probably even would be viable in a game like this because of how much it respects those those systems from the game but i found myself being like i don't even know if that's good or am i just like nerfing myself for rp reasons am i even gonna play like that and so i do wonder like if i were to come back and make characters again or like be more experienced if i could do that stuff but i was just it was just starting all the seeds of like yeah but i could just stand at max distance and do hella dps (laughs) like my party probably like that and so i don't know but yes, that's what I played this week. I, I would say mm. it's it's good. And if you like that sort of thing, especially complex games or even the D&D-like formulas and stuff like that, it's it's really respectful to that stuff and really deep as a result. And that is cool if you're into that sort of thing. It's by no means simplified. And I assume it really rewards you for for understanding the systems. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's on the cool. one hand, I'm like, hmm, I feel like I should play this game. Mm-hmm. But then I'm thinking, I kind of never managed to finish Divinity Original Sin either. Mm-hmm. But do you need to finish it? How much did you play? 
all in hours 72 hours oh an hour N- 94 hours oh okay i was like come on because like an hour and 94 <laughs> hours wow james you no i was i was thinking i was in, in hours and i was i was closer than i thought i would be yeah <laughs> yeah because because i feel like that's enough value that was generated by the game even if we didn't finish it right no yeah but i'm i'm thinking like if i didn't if i didn't finish it then would i really be that interested in pathfinder i don't know i think you could be but will you be with all the other things that and and the the ever present desire to click on something space related like <laughs> like just looming you know what i mean like you just can never escape it like it's it's like it, it makes the same noise as the creatures in Mass Effect that like fucking come to kill you whenever they enter your fucking solar system. The Reapers, you know, just boom. Like that's like your <laughs> urge to, to drop whatever fucking fantasy bullshit you're playing right now and play a real fucking space game. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys hear about the uh, Slime Rancher news? No. Oh. They just dropped Slime Rancher Plortable. Disgusting. On on mobile devices. I did not. Like Switch. Hmm. Or they announced it. And with a name like Plortable, you gotta respect it, right? <laughs> yeah. Plortable edition, I see. Yeah. yeah. That is the equivalent Pretty to me good, of right? a blanket that is too soft. Like, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that's not, that sounds par for the course with you, though. It does, you know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Slime um, Rancher in general just is a blanket that's too soft for you, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I don't it's even. so soft. I, I, I guess, exactly. Which it like, needs to be a survival horror game. Uh, so so built don't into Slime Rancher. Maybe, like Slime Rancher, but it's a survival horror game. Okay. You know what's really funny? Like I don't even have like a, it, I don't even have like an obsession with like the dark gritty shit. I like some of it, but like I'm not the person who I didn't like. I didn't hate Diablo 3's aesthetic compared to Diablo 2, but I also didn't play a lot of Diablo 2, and I understood what people were saying. But I wasn't like, I literally hate Diablo 3's aesthetic because it is just too colorful for me. I was like, I don't know. It looks nice. Like, so it's not like it It has to be, it can't be cute. It has to be gritty. Like, it's just, it's just I don't know. This thing about the cuteness in particular that gets me. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's because I'm a heartless bastard. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so I also played about four hours of, uh, humankind, hmm. oh. which is, I, I only did that because it's on the Xbox game pass. Hmm. Um, and every few months I remember that I subscribe to the Xbox game pass <laughs> and check out all the games that are on it. Okay. 
And it's really incredible what games are on there. But also there's this game called Humankind, hmm. um, which is uh, basically just exactly Sid Meier's Civilizations 6, um, just with enough differences that I'm confused all the time. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. I mean, let me start this comment by saying that I'm absolutely terrible at the civilizations games um but i understand them enough to play them and not be like what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. um and humankind feels like what the fuck is going on except i understand what everything what pretty much what's happening it's just like a different way of presenting almost all the same things. I see. But it's interesting. It might be really fun, uh, but I was also kind of tired when I was playing it. It was kind of late at night. Totally. So that might have been affecting my ability to understand it. But it, I mean, I really enjoy that kind of grand strategy game, even though I'm very bad at them. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the confused all the time. That's how I felt trying to pick up Civilization games. Oh, yeah. Dude, I played... I mean, that's super reasonable. Yeah, I actually think that's, like, what... I think that's, like, a hallmark of them. Like, like I... Yeah. I played, um... Fuck me, I can't forget. It's, like, a Endless Space 2, maybe? Mm -hmm. And I actually played it because there was a reaper that entered my vicinity and I wanted to play a space game. Say what you fucking will. Cause there's a <laughs> bunch of different endless games, but I was like, you know, I think I want to play the space one. Cause that seems like, like grand strategy in space sounds super cool to me. And I, I love space battles set to an epic backdrop of like a beautiful sun. Like forex is the genre, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Expand, expand for, for both of these. Yeah. SpaceX. Yeah. For both civilization and endless space. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing is, the most fun I had with that game, you guys, was I played it and tried to learn it the first time. And, and, and dude, motherfuckers that are deep in that genre always say the dumbest shit because it's super relative. And they're just like, this one has a great tutorial. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And then you play it, you're like, is that a great tutorial? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and what they mean is, like, the other one's tutorials are so bad, it's embarrassing. This one shows you things. But do you understand it? That's a different story. But the most fun I had was I played it a couple times and basically kept restarting it and kept not understanding what was going on. And then I found this guy on YouTube who literally explains every decision he makes. And he did he made these like two videos. It's like a it's like a tutorial of the game. And he just he explains, you know, through one campaign every decision he is making. And it's like four hours long, split into two videos. And it was, I literally sat there enthralled, entranced, learning every system about them as they came up and listening to this guy talk about it. And after that, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, And actually during that process, I really enjoyed that game. So, yeah. Under, when you understand the systems that are going on, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you don't really understand what's going on. Um, just having like 
the basic ability to to play the games and not be like ah yes words except ah yes more words except yeah you know? yeah yeah I, I think one um, of the key things that i i just haven't yet managed to do is being able to just let go of trying to understand everything the first time around yeah and just kind of like wing it and see how it goes and not really be invested in the outcome yeah uh, yeah but i uh, i i managed I like to, to get over that. that by um with some game that we had as children uh in my house a a demo copy of sid meyer's alpha centauri uh which is the sci-fi version of like Civ two, um, <laughs> entered into my house and my brother and I played that yeah. constantly. And this was at the age where we played, uh, Sim city 2000, except we didn't understand any of the rules. So we just zoned everything for max density and then we were like, why is no one moving in? Um, and it turns out it's because you can't start with max density. You have to start with minimum density. Um, but that was inefficient, so we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Or like you, you um, lit a fire somewhere and just watched all of your hard work just go away and you didn't know how to stop the fire. And then you like built a fire department like as the fire is raging and then the fire hits the yeah fire. we didn't even get that <laughs> okay, far okay. like no one moved into our city hmm. our city was literally an empty plot with a bunch of like blue rectangles on it mm -hmm. that were max density mm -hmm. uh that was the the extent of our playing that game um <laughs> so we couldn't even get to destroying shit but uh, Alpha Centauri was super cool. Um, and it felt like a good way to into those games because we had no idea what the fuck was going on. And then it ended after like 20 turns or something like that because it was just a demo. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so we had a lot of reps. Hmm. Um. Rapid development. But, I mean, if you remember me saying earlier, I'm not good at these games. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand what's going on enough to win on anything higher than normal difficulty. Which is not very hard, according to people that are good at them. Mm -hmm. That demo. But that might just be because I like science. And so I just optimize for getting more technology mm. and I'm like, eh, I'll build a military later. And then somebody invades and I'm like, shit. You're like trading on um, beakers and shit for like civilian casualties or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, like, but that, that demo concept you brought up, James, is a really interesting concept because I've started to play Ninja Gaiden that way. Where, cause I, I actually miss the olden days of demos and being a kid and not having the rest of the game. Like, I feel like the way, because there's so much game to chew through in the modern day, and like we have so many games in our backlog, 
Like we just sit there and like peruse the content and then fucking leave. Like, you know, and we go as wide yeah. as possible for the most part, a lot of the times. And so I was playing Ninja Guidance incredibly hard and I was playing the campaign. And what I realized the campaign was, I didn't realize this until I sort of later, but like retrospectively realized I was exclusively fighting new combat encounters and doing my best. And sometimes I would get wrecked by something I didn't see coming and I'd lose a lot of potions and I'd be kind of down on potions and it'd be like, oh no, I'm in trouble. And then the next combat encounter, I'm like really nervous. And it's like, I, I would find myself getting kind of caught running out of potions, especially when I was first playing because I wasn't that good. And I was getting very nervous and attached to every outcome of every fight. And I was very much punishing myself for getting hit uh, because I couldn't afford to lose mm. all the potions that I was losing and I didn't have that much money. But at one point I just started the game over again and played the first level and then quit at the end of it and then started it over again and played the first level and then died and then started it over again and then played the first level. And I kept doing this and I realized it was way more fun in some weird way because I was not attached to losing or attached to winning, attached to not losing. I, I, I was happy to die or get hit. And so all I did was practice my technique. All I did was practice countering people, watching their movesets. I had a run where all I, I didn't attack anyone. All I did was just look at all their moves. I didn't attack anyone. And then I died. And then I restarted. Mm. And I like kept doing this. And I realized I was learning so much about it. And I was like, these two guys come around this corner. And I'm going to start with this opening. And that pretty much kills them. Or maybe I'll even try to fight them this way. Or I'm not going to spam. I'm going to actually try to like. And all of a sudden, I mean, I literally just the other day played that game on normal difficulty and didn't take a hit the entire first level. And I was like, what? Like, it just was such a different way of playing video games because I struggled on that first level the first time when I played it on normal. But now I've just become, because instead of going wide with my gameplay, I've gone narrow and a bunch of reps like demo style. I've gotten a lot better and I look at that and I'm just like, this is actually really cool. Like, I really... I really like this and I, in a lot of different contexts, I've been sort of yearning for this. I, we were talking about how this is something that's really a struggle in Valorant too. Like it's hard to learn lineups for a particular map or even positions and stuff because you can't play the map more than once. Again, in this sort of demo style, you're kind of forced to play campaign style where you just kind of like go through all the the maps. Oh, excuse me. But yeah, so it's just been something I've been thinking about mm. a lot because like, in this whole game, I can just control it. I literally, I've just played that first level probably 20 times now. And I've never felt better at the game and dealing with those enemies. Like, ever. Like, I can play that first level on the hardest difficulty now. And I just, like, I love that. There's something so beautiful about that. So, anyways, I don't know. That's what that's what made me think of. But, yeah. It's cool. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just, like, mastering that shit. Yeah, and I've completely yeah. stopped beating myself up for getting hit or whatever, or like losing. I don't even drink potions on the first run through. I just go until I die, <laughs> you know, because it's like whatever. Right, it doesn't matter. And it's just like I love that. It's it takes all the pressure off, and all the, yeah. I don't know. I I just I uh. I mean yeah. Go ahead. I think that's that's kind of how I play roguelikes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking like months ago about how there's like a big difference between how you and I play roguelikes 
where you like you're super conservative and like how am i gonna win and i'm like oh let's try that shit see what happens yeah yeah um so it's interesting that you're taking that kind of approach on this like actually optimizable experience it's really cool and you definitely learn a lot more doing that approach like the way you're doing it you learn a lot more about all these different items and you can picture the world better especially in roguelikes like i've started to try to take the james approach by saying i'm going to throw a lot of runs intentionally and some of them were ones that i was trying to win until i was given the opportunity to throw them by learning something <laughs> <laughs> And then eventually I'm going to stop and just try to actually get to the end. If that makes sense. Always accept an opportunity to throw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, Raphael, though, when you say, like, it's hard for you to accept not knowing how everything works and then going in and just seeing how far. Because it makes sense strategically, but at the same time, like, I could see how that would be like an unsatisfying experience. You know what I mean? I feel like that is the barrier that a lot of people have to those like those 4X games. It's just like they want to know what's going on so they can do their best. And there's so much to know that they yeah. find themselves leaving it, you know? And I think it's something that I've I've gotten really good at. So like I'm very used to just like rapidly try to acquire all the information first mm. uh, and then mm. use it. And so, like, when I encounter something like Civ, where the amount of information is just too large to do that, uh, it's just, yeah, it's it's kind of like running into a door, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I, I think I'm gonna go. I should go. And speaking of you guys, <laughs> we should go. Don't you think this is a good episode? Not so bad, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, it was fun talking with you guys. It was just like chilling, yeah. just vibing. That's right. Yeah. Huh. Next week, allegedly, there's... I think we did yeah. it. Should we rate the games that we've been playing? Yeah, okay. <laughs> not not individually, but all together. Just Wait. like, not like not each game, but oh, like I see, I see. Your, your week in gaming. Was it one thumb up, two thumbs up? Rafael, you want to start? Rafael, you go first. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say two thumbs up. Awesome. Uh, yeah. At first, it was looking like one thumb up. Uh, I was getting over the hump, I guess, on on Kerbal Space Program. Mm. Uh, but I think once I got that, like, whoa, I just made GPS moment, like that. That brought it to two thumbs for me. Mm. That's awesome. And awesome. Now I'm having a lot more fun with it. Mm. James, what about you? Sweet. Uh, I'm going to go with two thumbs up as well. Um, I've been having a lot of fun playing Magic the Gathering, exploring this new set. Um, and uh, I'd be down to try some more humankind. Um, I'm kind of feeling like a little bit of the way that Raphael says that he feels in any of these games. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm I'm down to be be brave and keep trying. Um, yeah, two thumbs up. Awesome. Very fun. 
McCoy? Yeah, for the um Yeah. Overclocking my computer has been very fun. Um All right. Yeah. I probably am gonna do some more later, no lie. Uh essentially <laughs> nearly crippling every video game that I play by moving my mouse has been an unfortunate experience, although it has been a nice opportunity for me to consider buying shit that I don't need to solve a problem that I also don't need to have. You know? Like I was like looking into like I'll just I'll just see what other CPUs are like. And it turns out they're not that much better than what I have, even though they're many years <laughs> newer. I'm like, wait a minute. These aren't that good. And I'm like, oh, all right. And then that was kind of disappointing. But, you know, it's been like that. It's been like, it's just classic technology. It's like trying to solve a problem you don't need to have with other technology that will cause the problems. So, yeah, I've been like, it's, it's just, it's really embarrassing. And I won't go into the gory details, but when you understand how good of a computer I actually have, the fact that I have, quote, performance issues in this area is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, you can't... This clearly just is not ready yet. The world is not ready for this mouse, okay? You know? This mouse is a trendsetter. And it might have to trendset its way back into my fucking cabinet. Because... Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking problem. Um, I might have to trendset it down for a few <laughs> years. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but like overall, uh, pa yeah, Pathfinder and stuff's been fun. Valorant's been fun. I haven't been playing much Ninja Gaiden this week, but every time I do, it's really fun. I started playing Ninja Gaiden 1 again, which is much slower than 2. And it's really fun to just destroy everything. I've also started to play on lesser difficulties. Like I used to be ratcheting up the difficulty a lot and I did that and it was really enjoyable. But now I'm just enjoying to see what it's like to go back down to normal again because I haven't been on normal for a while mm. and feel my own progress. And dude, normal ninjas get fucking dumpstered, man. They're just not ready. Like they're just like way more passive <laughs> and like their strings end really fast. And like, if you just block them, a lot of things that they do are not safe on blocks. So you just hit them back for a full combo to kill them. And fuck yeah. So yeah, fuck it. Two thumbs up. I don't know you guys. I, I yeah, it's been a nice week off. Just, just vibing. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And I'm excited to get back into it for next week. Yeah. Yeah. So next yeah. week we have what? Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. Wow. I can't believe we're playing more of that game. Holy shit. Me neither. I will choose not to touch the fishy. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Um, I mean, I will choose that and then fuck up and touch the fishy. Hmm. Um, that's my guess. Many, many. Isn't this the the fishy expansion? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think oh, okay. there's any hint that uh, there is involvement with the location that has the fishy. Okay. Well, I for some reason in my oh, mind, wait, no, actually, I literally just read that it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I in my oh, mind, I, I I heard that somewhere that it involved fishies, um, and I felt like that was Raphael saying something. So maybe I was wrong. No, the but, the description uh, on Steam definitely says. Uh, yeah, what lurks in the heart of the location that houses the fishies? 
Verbid. Don't touch the fishy Don't guy. Touch the fishy. But I would say if you haven't yet played the Outer Wilds, not the Outer Worlds, the Outer Wilds, you really should. And that's all I'm going to say right now. So I'm going to perpetuate the stereotype yep. of that game, uh, which is that well explains it, but you really should. And also, if you have only encountered that where nobody explains it, we did make a serious effort, I think, to try to explain the game without spoiling it at the beginning of our episode on The Outer Wilds. That's right. Good call out. That's right. Good call out. Yeah. So go and listen to that episode. Yeah. And also, if if you um, like the way that the end of this episode's energy has just truly dropped to a level that is just so unbelievably possible, and then just in the same way that James doesn't come back to Diablo, t- <laughs> <laughs> anyways, if you eject the CD and then put it down and never look at it again, just like I did with the CD for Diablo Two, yeah, yeah. Do you think we should sell a Patreon, yeah. or like a uh, like a like a higher level, like fifty dollar package? If we print all of our episodes and we put them on CD, <laughs> yeah. Check out OnlyFans slash <laughs> Tyranny of Thumbs <laughs> slash slash Step Bro, or like how does this come back? Get out! We gotta get out! I, it's getting too crazy. I feel right, like that has a different done. meaning. There. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Yeah. 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 Nice. Just the dry delivery of OnlyFans slash. Oh, it's so good.